What's good, everybody? Week two is in the books for college football. Clemson beats Auburn. Baker Mayfield gets a statement win over Urban Meyer in Ohio State. And Lamar Jackson reminds us why he's the reigning Heisman winner. And that's not even all the great games we had. So in this episode, it's going to be a doozy. We're going to recap those huge week two games. What a week it was. And then, of course, we'll look forward to the big ones coming up in week three as well. You're listening to Pats Interference. Don't go away. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Yeah, that's right. Doing this on a Wednesday. Pat's Interference, year three, episode nine. This is the national episode. Uh, If you're looking for the Bama episode, you're going to want to go to year three, episode eight. Uh, That is the Fresno State and Colorado State episode. But if you're looking for more national coverage, we got you right here. Uh, My name is Patrick Norwood. I'm Patrick Brickman. Man, I am excited for this episode. I've been waiting all week for it. I'm excited too, man. I'm excited too. Uh, You want to get right into it? Just Let's go ahead get and go right into it. So many good games last weekend. First, I want to watch, ask, how did you watch all these games? Uh, <laughs> we ha- <laughs> I might get fired for this. We had um, a volleyball tournament last weekend, so I uh, volunteered, quote unquote, to run the graphics computer, which is one of the few computers with a fast internet. Uh, and I was able to pull it up on a second monitor and uh, watch watch most of these games, and then. Uh, no, luckily I got out um, kind of 5 o'clock, so I was able to watch most of the, the late-night games, the Stanford-USC, Auburn-Clemson, Oklahoma-Ohio State, those those types of games uh, that we'll get into a little bit later. All right, well, yeah, we had a we had a solid weekend. Uh, Alabama had a, had a, you know, uh, and I don't I, okay, I'm just going to say, they had an easy game, a cupcake game. So sure. we had a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 other great games. Yeah. Four of Let's which get into going it. on at the same time, essentially. Yeah, because network TV is garbage. TCU Arkansas, uh, this game was awesome last year. I remember you and I talked about this game after it happened, like immediately after it happened, talking about you know, well, is Arkansas going to contend? You know, what's going to happen? Uh, TCU winds up winning by three touchdowns. Really not that competitive. Brick, what did you see from that game? Uh, I saw a um, an uninspiring Arkansas team. This is the one I probably watched the least out of all of them uh, because it was on at the same time as the Alabama game. But I saw sure. a very uninspiring Arkansas team, um, enough so that people are now starting to, well, not starting, but continuing to talk about Brett Bielema perhaps on the hot seat. Um, they just they they didn't look like they were in the same league as TCU this year, which obviously they won this game last year. Um, TCU's a good team, great coach. Patterson's a heck of a coach, one of the best. I, I put him in my top five for college football. And uh, they just couldn't hang with them on the road. No, they couldn't. They couldn't. And what do you think? Does this put, you know, are, are we starting to put that target on Brett Bielema of the hot seat? We talked about it a little bit in our SEC West preview a few episodes back. Uh, you know, we, we were kind of on the fence. I'm sort of teetering towards yes, because that game that, it really wasn't even as close as it looks. Yeah, I mean, you got to say yes. Uh, you know, uh, the AD at Arkansas is kind of sort of defending him this week. Um, but the rumblings are there, and when there's smoke, there's fire, especially in a conference like the SEC. Uh, sure. you got to go out and win those non-conference games because the conference is going to be so brutal. So don't be surprised yeah. if you see a 6-7 and seven kind of year, a 6-5 and five and 6 kind of year from Arkansas because they, if they're not winning the out-of-conference game, they don't really win much in the West. Right, right. No, yeah, it's uh... – it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, as far as TCU, that team's, you know, that's a team, obviously, they kind of, they're kind of, to me, they're the Big 12 equivalent of Texas A&M, where they always have a hot start, uh, but then it just kind of dies down 
after, you know, a few games. Um, you know, they sort of started getting their conference schedule, and all of a sudden the wheels just kind of fall off. So TCU's a team to look out for. And, again, my cousins are freshmen there. So go Horned Frogs, all right? Frogs. I've always liked Big- them. I always said this last one. I love Patterson. I, get, I can't say enough about Patterson. I like their color scheme. I like their mascot. Sure. I like everything about them. They're, the, they're my favorite Texas team. Sure. Of course. Of course. Uh, next, uh, next game. We've got we've got Notre Dame and Georgia thrilling game. Uh, Georgia seals it on a fumble, but not really the storyline from the game. Brick, what did you see from South Bend on Saturday night? <laughs> well, the first thing that was noticeable was that about fifty percent of the crowd was Georgia fans. Something crazy like that. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was a all fifty-fifty ticket split. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Other than um, that, other than that, the actual game, like you said. Very good. Jake Fromm State Farm did just enough to come out with the win. <laughs> that cuts me up every time you say it. I, I cannot get enough. I think that's the greatest nickname. And no it's, one else laughs at it. Like, I said I it to my dad it. the other day. Or I said it to Jay. It was Jade. And she was like, nice. I was like, that's hilarious. Why are you not on the floor right now? Because it's brilliant. But anyway. Uh, yeah, Georgia, you know, looking like a team that's, you know, the team that's going to come out of the East unless Florida or Tennessee or somebody makes – you know, kind of a 180 turnaround in Tennessee's 2-0, and and we're still saying that about them. Um, you know, that's me taking away my bias about Tennessee. They're just not looking very sharp right now. Um, no, we'll see We'll see a lot more uh, coming up this weekend. We'll get into that. Notre Dame, I do have to mention, they looked horrible. They looked really bad. They looked, they looked really bad. Very bad. I this shouldn't have been I a 20-19 think... game. No, I think Brian Kelly should have been fired last season. Yeah, I'm with you there. If we're being honest, I don't know why he is still the coach at Notre Dame. When Notre Dame holds themselves to such a high standard, you know, and it's we talk about it all the time, but teams like Alabama, teams like, you know, now Clemson even, teams like Florida in the 2008 to, or I guess 2006 to 2012-11 run, I mean, teams like that set a precedent where you were supposed to come in and compete within two years as a head coach. Now, Brian Kelly had one good year as an FBS independent, where he made it to the national championship. And the only reason I bring up the independent part is because he didn't have a conference championship. And look, you look back at that game, tell me that Georgia would have lost to that Notre Dame team. You can. The SEC championship game that year was the national championship. It really was. And, you know, that's been his best season, you know, head and shoulders above all the others. Last year was an absolute disgrace. This year may even be worse. I don't know how he's still the coach. I think he and Kevin Sumlin are your guys. They're going to be on the outs uh, towards the end of the season, if not sooner. He gets the um, he gets the the Gus Malzahn, the uh, Kevin Ooh. Sumlin, the Jim McElwain Ooh. treatment. No, this is, this is what it is. He has oh he the has Jim McElwain. You're throwing Jim McElwain in there. He's coming up soon, man. He won two SEC East titles his first year, two years. Uh, you know, Brian Kelly makes a national championship. Gus Malzahn makes a national championship. Kevin Sumlin has a Heisman and near national championship appearance. It upsets number one Alabama. Um, and when that happens, of course, they kind of get held on to for maybe a year or two too long because they get this virtue of, of that early success with a sure. previous regime's players. No, you're right. You're right. And you know, they bring energy. Malzahn brought great energy. Kelly brought great energy. Someone brought wonderful energy to a to a, a very middling Texas A&M team. Yes. But it doesn't last. No. They don't have the no. right formula. So. There's not a lot – yeah, there's not a lot of longevity with those programs. And, you know, I think this Georgia game, I think when you look back to this season, you say, okay, what was the beginning of the end for Brian Kelly? 
you know, this season, I think it's going to be this Georgia game. I mean, they, yeah, they, they, they have terrible. to win that game at home. They have to you win have that to. game at home. And you've got to have a ticket split that's somewhat respectable. My God, the entire thing looked like it was between the hedges. After after the sack, Kirby Smart started beating the crap out of whoever got the fumble recovery. And uh, it sounded like a damn home game. I mean, it sounded like they were playing in Sanford. It's pretty embarrassing. It is. It Can is. Let's move that on. Imagine that happened to Bryant Denny. It would be. It, 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 oh, it, they they burned down the campus. It would be the Civil War all over again, where they're just raising buildings back and forth and throwing furniture in a big pile on the front lawn of the quad. I mean, it it would be awful. It'd be awful. Uh, Stanford USC was our next game. This was a big game for us because uh, because of our playoff pictures, um, which pretty much imploded this weekend for me. Uh, I had Stanford going to the playoff. I don't know why I did that, honestly. Two things happened to me when I came out of this weekend. I don't know why I've got LSU so high in my mind, and I don't know why I put Stanford in the playoff. But it wouldn't be Pat's interference unless I was miserably wrong by week three. So here we go. Stanford beats, or Stanford, excuse me, loses to USC 42-24. You're looking a lot better on your playoff picture than I am because you put USC, if I'm not mistaken, in your playoff I did. picture. I did. Uh, you're, you're a big Sam Darnold guy. Uh, I like him a lot. He had a big bounce back game on Saturday. Yes, he did. He did. Um, I think he's right up there with uh, Lama Jackson for the uh, for the Heisman right now. I mean, for the way too early Heisman, which yeah, we're getting into two, your favorite month. Baker it's Mayfield, September Heisman got Saquon month. Barkley in there. We're not going to talk Heisman this episode because it's just too wide open at week three. It's too much. But those, I'd say, much. are the four guys. Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say that's a good call. So what did you see from USC that game? How concerned should the rest of the Pac-12 be? And are you still considering them a solid playoff contender? I do, because this was uh, – Probably the second, maybe even first, depending on where they play, but one of the hardest games on their schedule. And, uh, you know, I saw a team that it was close at the first half, and they were still kind of hang, hung over from their, um, you know, pretty lackluster first game performance. And then right. the second half, I saw a team that just finished it, just said, all right, enough of this, and they just ran away with it. And I was very impressed with, with, with what happened. I don't know why USC is a good team, because I thought them keeping Clay Helton on his head coach from being interim was a huge mistake. Even bigger than uh, than I thought, you know, keeping Orgeron at LSU was. But mm. he's done something there. Yeah. Maybe he's just caught fire with, with Darnold. Or he's got a – I don't know. I like USC's chances because the next game on their schedule is going to be Washington. Or do they even get Washington? Hold on. Uh, no, Washington plays Fresno they State because Fresno State Washington. had to go to – yeah, Fresno State had to go to Tuscaloosa and play in Brian Denny, and they go to Seattle, Washington, to play the Huskies. That's right. That's right. So that was they get Texas this week, and I'm not gonna, I'm not afraid of that. Um, yeah, there's not another game on this schedule that I'm looking at, even UCLA, where I go, no, I don't feel it. I think USC just kind of get to the Pac-12 championship. I think they win the Pac-12 championship, and and I and I like the I like their chances to enter the playoff undefeated. To be honest. Wow. I'm not saying they're the best team in the country. I'm just saying I think they beat every team left on their schedule. Really? I do. I do. I, I just feel like we've learned. We've learned from USC. We we can't expect that anymore from them. You know, it's it's not the glory days anymore. And, you know, I, do I think they're going to make the playoffs? Heck, yeah. I think they're going to be a great one-loss playoff team. Now, I don't know where that one loss is going to come, but I just don't – I'm not confident in putting – I'm confident in putting some other teams in as an undefeated playoff team before I'm confident putting USC in that mold. Okay. Well, I can, I can, I can respect that. I can respect that. Yeah. Well, what about Stanford? 
What do you think happened with Stanford? <sighs> Too many tight ends. No, um, I, you know, I, I don't know. I think Stanford's kind of – I think Stanford's hit their peak as far as college football is concerned. I'm just not sure we're ever going to see a playoff Stanford team. And I hate saying that because I'm a big never-say-never guy. And who knows? Stanford wins out and USC drops a couple games. Stanford could be in, but I just don't think they've got the talent and their skill position players. Um, you know, it, it looked – that's how it looked to me. You know, I yeah. felt like in the trenches the game was pretty even, but the skill position players were just so vastly different. There was such a gap there that I felt like, you know, USC really, really took off, and that's where they took off and left. Uh, I will Stanford tell you, though, behind. I like that running back they have. Uh, Love, Tyler Love? Yes. He's yeah. a little player. Great. Great. Yeah, great player. Great player. But, yeah, that's just – that's that's what I'm feeling right now um, from Stanford. I just I, – I'm just a little – I'm a little hesitant. I'm a little yeah. hesitant with well, them now. I like now. the brand of football they play, but I want to move on now because this is the game that I've been waiting to talk about. All right, oh, this less. is the game I've been very excited to get into. Please. Um, on ESPN. Sure. Prime time. We had Auburn at Clemson. Yes. 14-6 Clemson victory. You want to go in on this or you want me to? I'll start, and then I'll let you take over too. Um, this is what I texted you. This is the way I still feel. Very impressed with Auburn as a team. Not at all impressed with Jarrett Stidham. And I continue no. to be completely underwhelmed by Gus Malzahn and find myself hoping he wins a big game this season so he can keep his job. I want <laughs> him at Auburn as long as possible. I mean, the offense, I, I don't know where to begin. He's, he, was not, he wasn't even an offensive-minded coach. He was an offensive guru. That's what he was heralded at. Yes. And, and it just it came for a year with – with, with when he hit fire with Nick Marshall, whatever happened there, and it's just been missing, especially the last three seasons. I mean, not even close. Auburn's defense is good, very good. They might be the second best defense in the conference. Yeah, they're very good. Yeah, and and it's just a, yet another performance where the Auburn offense completely lets down a gem of a game from their defense. Auburn should have won this game. Auburn, yes. if they got anything going would have won this game. They could have won last year. They did the same thing against Clemson last year. They did the same thing against Georgia last year. Yeah. They do this all the time. And I don't know why people keep buying into this hype. Jarrett Stidham looked a horrible mix of scared, confused, but at the same time still trying to do way too much. He got sacked 11 times. Six yes. or seven of those at least, maybe more, were just because he's something. Held on to the ball. It, he's still holding on to the ball today. Just holds on to the ball all day long. And I you just at some point, man, your clock's just gotta be going. It's just that gotta receiver, be. I guess the receivers must just not be good enough to get open as well. It's just bad. It's, it's just Johnson so bad. Slow. 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 Maybe he put on extra weight this offseason, but he did not look at all like Okay, he did last here's year. all right. I'm gonna take over now because take Cameron Petway Cameron Petway's fat. I'm That's sorry. What I, meant. I meant Petway, not Carry on Johnson. He, I got the backs mixed up. He has he has no foot speed whatsoever. He doesn't hit the holes of the acceleration. Auburn's offensive line. Look, the entire offense, and, and some people are probably going to give me flack for saying this, but I mean this in the purest form of the word, not the insulting form of the word. Looked offensively retarded the other day. I mean, it just couldn't get anything going. Looked like they were completely slowed down. Looked like they had no idea what the play was half the time. And then they've got a quarterback who holds on to the ball too long and receivers that can't get open. It's retarded in the mental, like, 
not the mentally retarded way, but like in the way where it's just so dumbed down to nothing that it just feels like they can't get anything going. No, at all. They're good the first five minutes of a game. They scored two field goals in that first quarter, and then just awful. Just flattened. Just flatlined. Absolutely flatlined. Um, and it's I. You know, I'm I'm with you. I hope Malzahn pulls off a big win that's not against Alabama this year because I would love to see him at Auburn as long as possible. Absolutely, absolutely. Now Clemson, on the other hand, I was okay. So I was I said I was impressed by Auburn because it's what I expect of Auburn. Uh, versus what happened, right. I wasn't super impressed by Clemson. I think their offense is going to struggle against, like we saw, good defenses. Any other team right. with a good defense beats Clemson on Saturday with the 14 well, and, points they put up. Yeah, and I told you, you know, we talked Sunday morning, and I told you that I wasn't really impressed with very many teams in the nation, period. I mean, I just wasn't. I thought, you know, yeah, Louisville looked pretty good, but at the same time they played North Carolina. You know, I, I'm just not feeling it from anybody right now. Um, USC is pretty good. Clemson's just meh. They just that's an Auburn team that if if you hold them to six points, I expect you to win by twenty, at least, at least. Yeah, Kelly so, Bryant, their quarterback, has skills, but he just uh, he's, he's he's no Deshaun Watson. I mean, that's the most obvious college football take I could possibly have, but it's true. Um, it is. 14 to 6. Uh Gus Malzahn, we got to talk him though. I know we both want him to stay, but you know what happens with him? What 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 what's his future? I mean, the, the rumblings were at the beginning of the season. Now they're not not even rumblings. People are shouting it from megaphones on top of their houses. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. I think it's looking pretty dim for Gus. Like we said, unless he can get one big win, how how can you how can you look at that and say, "You know what? Yeah. We 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 should go ahead and keep him." Auburn still has a good ch- I don't want to sell them down the river yet. They still have a they've, chance to be a good team. They're ranked eighth in total defense right now. Yeah, they've got a great chance to, to win ten games, be a good team. Um, they're they're ranked twelve spots ahead of Alabama. They're ranked uh, ten spots ahead of Oklahoma. They're ranked, you know, uh, God, nine spots ahead of um, Penn State. They're ahead of Michigan. They're ahead of a lot of really good teams. Their defense isn't the problem. Their offense is so terrible. So terrible. Now, it didn't help the fact that they played the number two defense in the nation on uh, on Saturday. But, you know, it, it's just so bad. It's just so bad. There's a four-game stretch. There's a four-game stretch because I think Auburn wins their next couple. And and people kind of forget about this performance against Clemson because they're going to play Mercer, Missouri, uh, at home against Mississippi State, at home against Ole Miss. I think they win all four of those, if I'm just being honest with myself. But there's a four-game stretch. Where it's going to get – you're going into mid-November here with this stretch, and I think it could get really bad. You got at LSU, at Arkansas, yep. at yep. A&M, and mm-hmm. then home against Georgia. Right. It's not going to be If they don't fun. win three of those, I think it starts to get kind of bad. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, you know, I think this was a big week for Malzahn to really keep his job, and he, he underwhelmed, severely underwhelmed. See, and the um, thing is, I think it wouldn't have been as bad. If, if Auburn had lost this game 42-24, I don't think people would be upset because you're supposed to lose to Clemson. I mean, they just won a national championship. Sure. And you showed that you can put up 24 points against that defense. Sure, sure. But 14-6 is a much worse score for Malzahn. Yes. Yeah. All right, well, that's it for that Auburn game. Unless there's anything else you want to say. 
Uh, no, no, that's it. That's it for me. Moving on. Uh, we got Oklahoma and Ohio State. This game was close for a little bit, and then Ohio State just really slammed on the brakes as far as the offense was concerned. Just couldn't get anything going. It seems like JT Barrett's scared to pass. If I'm oh, being honest, it just looks like he's a little uneasy in the pocket. He's not getting a lot of protection, but it seems like his first thought is to scramble every single play of the game like he's Michael Vick in Madden 2004. The GOAT, by the way. Um, Mike Vick, though. No, JT Barrett, I don't know that I've been this disappointed in a player that I like from another team that I don't usually like as I am in JT Barrett. I mean, you know, he mm. had that wonderful redshirt freshman season where he set kind of – the thing is he might be setting his conference's records this year because he's been there so long. But right, he was awesome with Tom Herman. He had a down year. He was great. He was great. Year. Two years. He's, the last two years have kind of been eh. And then this being his fourth year starting now, you know, I just, just kind of – they got rid of the offensive coordinator. You talked me into not picking Baker Mayfield as my Heisman. We'll get into that in a minute. I'm still angry about that. Just because I didn't – okay. But – so then I had to ba- bank on my bounce back JT Barrett year, and, and Ohio State goes undefeated. This is what I thought could happen. No. He is just – he's regressed bad. so bad. He hasn't been – I don't – has he not been coached? What, what has – what were you saying the other day? You, We were on the phone, and I wanted you to say this on the podcast. You're talking to a friend. They were talking about Urban Meyer. Oh, Urban Meyer's lost his, his, his kill ability. He's lost that drive that just go out and step on their throats and kill them. You know, it's, it's just what he had at Florida was just this. I mean, you're, you're within three, and he's chucking the ball down the field, you know. It's third and 18. He's bringing eight. And that kill factor, that want to go get it, just go effing win, as the Raiders used to say, just isn't there anymore with him. It's just, it looks like he's just kind of lost his edge. Um, and I think Luckily that reflects in, in his coaching staff. Luckily, he's in the conference he's in because he's been able to kind of get into the playoffs or near the playoffs the last couple of years. Sure. Sure. And it's, you know, it's just, I'm not sure they can beat Michigan this year playing the way they're playing. That was bad. Offensively, that was bad. It looked bad. It looked bad. I'm interested to see where those two teams, Michigan and Ohio State, I'm interested to see where those two teams go. Let's flip the switch. Let's talk about Oklahoma a little bit. Now, hold on. Hold on. Before you start, let me make my peace with Oklahoma, and then you can just rip off for five minutes if you want. Okay? I still don't like Baker Mayfield. He played a whale of a game on Saturday. I think he's a punk, and I think it's going to come back to bite him. He's going to get beat this year by somebody that shouldn't beat him. Looking at you, Mike Gundy in Oklahoma State. He's a man. He's 50. Brick, go ahead. I liked this Oklahoma team preseason. This game against Ohio State was one that I had circled in red because I thought that this might be the reason I couldn't put him in my playoff, but I liked him. All offseason long, I was saying Baker Mayfield was my Heisman pick. He's been so good the last two years, now three. Efficiency-wise, scoring-wise, moving in offense-wise, it's all that uh, matters y- in college Yeah, football. just one, one sec. Oklahoma is the eighth-ranked total offense in the nation right now. That's pretty darn good, man. It's not bad. Considering who they just played and still be eight, that's pretty good. Um, yep. averaging a, They're averaging about eight yards a play. He is a, mm, he is a monster on the field. The way he moves the team, the way he always is on the sideline pumping his team up, I know he's a punk, but I think he's a different kind of punk from Johnny Manziel. See, I put, a, I put them in the exact same class. I, I, I don't think he's quite Johnny Manziel. He's, he's – 
whatever. He got drunk and got arrested in the offseason, and it was hilarious, and the video was great, and I loved it, and I laughed. But I would take Baker Mayfield on my football team. Ooh, okay, maybe not over Johnny Manziel. It's tough for me. I think he's – and then I loved him planting the flag. I'm not going to lie. I hated it. I thought it was so classless. He apologized for it, which made me even more mad about it. With that, yeah, yeah, I was mad that he apologized, but you know why if he you, planted the flag. If Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. But the thing is, if you're gonna if you're gonna do something like that, stick to your guns, man. Yeah, I did it. If you're gonna be the villain, be the villain. If you're gonna be a villain, be the Joker. Be Darth Vader. Don't go anyway. back and you know, it's it just doesn't make sense to me. I I just I hate it. Stick to your guns. If you're gonna if you're gonna do something that ballsy, just stick to your guns. I should have stuck to my guns with Oklahoma is what I'm saying. I should have stuck to my guns because and you didn't. You were and you're you're gonna con- you're gonna convince yourself that it was my fault, even though it's what you wanted to do in your heart. No, it's what I did in the end. I mean, it's what I said. Um, yeah, there's no there's no guarantee that Oklahoma gets to the playoff. They still got some tough games, and now they've got a conference championship in in that uh, in that conference now. So, but Oklahoma's looking as good as anybody, and uh, yep. they looked really impressive going on the road and, and knocking off Ohio State, who's still again a very good upper echelon team, just not what we've seen. The last uh, the last couple of years, um, that's it please for our l- big games. Please let me get to the the next two. Yeah, no, that's I, it for our this. big. That's that's it for our big games. Well, okay, you're gonna tell me the next couple of games are big, but that's it for our big games. Uh, wonderful, crazy week of college football. Not many week twos come out that uh that exciting. Now, right, there's another thing we need to mention. Okay, four's yours. Look. Baylor must have decided when they woke up that it was Halloween on Saturday because they dressed up as Wiley Coyote because the Roadrunners came up and got Baylor, 17-10. A school that I don't even recognize as an institution, Baylor. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and recognize you for these first two weeks of college football just so I can never let you lift them down. You are a horrible organization to this day. You deserve these two losses and every loss you will incur for the rest of the year. You lost to a team that named themselves after a cartoon. Convince me they named them after the animal. Please. I dare you. It was after the cartoon. The Roadrunners? You lost 17-10 to the Liberty Flames and the Roadrunners of UTSA. I hope you're happy with your decisions. You absolute waste of a football program. Speaking of waste, Rice laid waste to UTEP this week. 31-14. Told you they would, Brick. Pretty sure yep, I no, mentioned it. Pretty yeah. uh, pretty sure I told you that was going to happen. Um, look, I'm not saying the Conference USA is all but wrapped up. Okay? I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say that. What I will say is that if Rice is not in your playoff picture by now, I don't know how you paint your pictures. Okay? Rice 40% on third down. 437 yards. Okay? That's total yards. They had 306 yards on the ground. Gave up 26 yards rushing. Controlled possession of the game. Had a turnover, but that's okay. All great teams do. Only had four penalties. I'm so happy for you. You should be happy for all of us because Rice is bringing it back. All right. Let's move on to week three. I'm, I'm sure people are tired of me listening or tired of listening to me about rice. Uh, this week we, we're, we're going to start off talking about 
the Louisville Clemson game, which is pretty interesting. Louisville is the fifth ranked offense in the nation. Clemson, the second ranked defense in the nation. Brick, something I want to mention, by the way, <laughs> now that, now that I'm looking at all these stats, um, I know this isn't an Alabama podcast, but we usually do mention Alabama, uh, in every podcast. So I'm going to go ahead and mention that Alabama plays one, two, three, four, and five of the top 10 defenses in their regular season schedule for the rest of the year. Also, they play, uh, let's see, the top two quarterbacks ranked right now in passing yards. Uh, one of them they play on Saturday. Nick Stevens from Colorado State has 985 passing yards this year. Nice. Shea, Patterson, Shea Patterson over at Ole Miss is number two. So oh, that's boy. what I'll say. People, people, I wish we could talk more about Ole Miss this year, but – we, we, we might no we might we might so i just wanted to mention that because people talk about alabama having a cupcake schedule all the time you started the season off with the number three team in the nation you're playing five of the top 10 defenses as of week three in the nation you're in the sec which is already a gauntlet i don't care what anybody says it's a gauntlet okay it's a power five conference it's hard to win period it's especially hard to win back to back to back so that's that's my piece. Uh, Louisville fifth ranked offense, Clemson second ranked defense. Uh, Lamar Jackson has the I think the seventh most total yards uh, in the NCAA right now. Um, it's it's just going to be a high octane offense versus a high octane defense. Brick, who do you have coming up top this game and why? Ooh, ooh, you remember how good this game was last year, right? It was thrilling. I loved it went every down minute to the of end. it. It essentially went down to the fact that a Louisville receiver didn't fight for a first down on fourth. Yes. Lamar and I texted Jackson, you and said, oh, my God, what is he doing? Lamar Jackson completely outplayed Deshaun Watson in that game. Not completely, but he did outplay him. And it was one of the best college football games of last season. It was in Clemson, right. which you know how hard it is to win in Clemson. This year yes. it's in Louisville. Louisville's gotten off to a great start as well. Louisville has an okay defense and an insanely good offense. Yes. We can say that. They beat a mediocre, I'm going to call UNC as a as mediocre of a team as they come. That is a 6-6 six and six of a looking team as I've ever seen. Uh, Treon Harris is their quarterback, by the way. Or Brandon Harris, excuse Brandon me. Brandon Harris, which doesn't help their cause. but No. Not at all. Clemson has an ungodly defense. And a mediocre offense so far through this season. I, I wouldn't call it mediocre. It's okay. It's probably slightly above average. Come on, Auburn's defense is really good. It is. It is. I'll call it slightly above average. They're not what they were under Sean Watson, and they like I said, Auburn's got the eighth weeks. eighth ranked defense. Clemson, yeah, they didn't score a crap ton of points, but they've also got a brand new quarterback. You know, like it's week two. You know, they're not they're not mediocre. They're good. I, I'm dragging this out to say, I'm picking Louisville outright. Ooh, ooh! I don't know I like why. It. I hate Louisville as a team the way they were last year. I hated yeah. them. I couldn't stand how well they were doing because they started off like a national title contender and they finished worse than Kentucky. And that's my least favorite kind of team. But that being said, they're a fast-starting team and they're playing at home. And I think they're out for blood. I think they're out for revenge. I like it. I like it. I'm going to go with Clemson. Defense wins national championships. Defense wins football games. Going with Clemson's defense. Right, I like Lamar Jackson. Fun. I think he looked great. But uh, I, I just I don't think he's got the uh, 
I don't think he's got the offensive line to really help him from getting killed on Saturday. I think he's going to be on the ground a lot. Clemson's two defensive tackles are maybe the best two I've seen side-by-side in college football in quite some time. Yeah, very good. Very good. Let's move on. Texas, USC. Don't want to spend a lot of time on this one because I really want to spend more time on the next one. And I think that this is going to be the first game in history where the uh, capacity matches the final score. I think it's going to be 93,607 to nothing. The LA Memorial Coliseum has sold out for this game. You remember the last time these two teams played in LA? Uh, I'd I'd say it kind of put a little fire under USC looking up at the schedule and realizing where they were playing and who they were playing. Um, you know, maybe, maybe not anybody that's there right now, but just the school as a whole, the culture as a whole, the culture as a program. I think USC is going to roll. I think we're going to see a lot more Sam Darnold, uh, kind of going up top. Texas's defensive backs are kind of the only saving grace of the team. And even they're not great this year. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go USC. I don't even want to pick a score, but I, uh, we got to pick scores for Louisville Clemson, by the way, I'll pick a score of USC, Texas. I'll go. Gosh, I'll go 49-28 to Texas right, or good, USC like over Texas. Yeah. I'm going to go well, Louisville and Clemson. I'm going Clemson uh, 28, Louisville 21. I'm going Louisville 42, Clemson 38. Uh, Texas USC, I got a couple questions I want to ask you there. We're not going to spend a lot of time on them, but uh, what percentage, 0 to 100, would you give Texas' chance of winning this game? Uh, 10. All right. Um, another question, even harder probably to say. The over-under on the amount of times that Vince Young will be mentioned during the broadcast. 1,500. I mean, it just an enormous amount of times. No, I think by they the w- third quarter, they're not going to have anything else to talk about with Texas. I think the fact that they won in 2005 in the best national championship of all time is going to be the focal point. And then by the second half, we're going to be flipping the channel going, ah, that was fun for a minute. That was fun to yep. reminisce. Um, yep. No, I don't think that USC-Texas is close either. I think Texas puts up 40-something. I'm going to go 45. I think Texas puts up maybe maybe 17. Yeah, I like it. I like it. All right, let's get on to an SEC oh, Louisville, game. Clemson. Yeah, I picked that. 42-38. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tennessee-Florida. Um, this game looking more interesting now for the wrong reason. I think both teams were hoping this game would they'd come in undefeated and you know, it'd be great, and Tennessee is undefeated, but honestly, let's face it. Um, you know, look at it. It's not beautiful. It's not brilliant. They hardly, you know, they limped out of a first quarter against an Indiana State team. Right, right, it right. It looked right. bad. It looked bad. Uh, Florida is obviously being Florida this season. Um, I, I've got Florida in this game by a, by a hair. I don't know why I'm picking that. I just feel like right now, um, you know, they've still got suspended players, too. You know, if they get the, you know, what, I'll say that if they get those players back, I'm I'm taking Florida. If they don't get those players back, I'm going to go ahead and take Tennessee. As much as it hurts me, I think either way, this is going to be a great game. I think this is going to be a touchdown or less kind of game, um, and I would not be surprised to see some lucky Tennessee crap like we do every season in this game. Um, you remember last year they had that big comeback a couple years ago it was one of the yep. hail mary plays, I think. Um, yep. You know, last our late year. comeback again. So. It's uh, I think it's I think it's something that, um, you know, it all depends on those uh, suspended players, excuse me, for Florida. um, And we'll have to go from there. But right now, like I said, I think this game's, you know, exciting for the wrong reasons, because both of these teams are sort of, you know, 10 being the best you can be, one being the worst. I think these teams are both like a five or a six and they're sort of teetering and trending downward. I 
am going Tennessee outright again. I have no hesitation there. I say this is this game is the beginning of the end of the Jim McElwain era at Florida. Um, I'm not saying it happens this year, but this is the game I feel like I'll be able to point back to. This is what's going to happen. Florida has no offense. Florida has none. I know Tennessee's defense is bad, but at least Tennessee's shown me so far this year they have a capable offense. They're not great. They're not top 10 offense. They're top 50. They're capable, maybe. Eh, top 50, 60. They can get the job done. Um, Florida's defense is still no good um, from all the guys they lost. Yeah. I think Tennessee goes in there. I think they march right into Gainesville. I think they kick Florida's butt. I don't think this is a super even close game. I think after this week, by Monday, maybe Tuesday of next week, Doug Musmeyer's fired. Wow. Jim McElwain announces he's taking over the play calling. The wow. offense still doesn't show up. Florida limps into the end of their season. They get pummeled by Florida State, and he's on the hottest of hot seats going into next year. Wow. He's, he's the next year's Kevin Sumlin. Wow. That's Those a very specific takes. prediction, but that's, that's exactly a very, what That's I a think very happens. hot take. That is a very hot take. Yeah, I uh ugh. you know, I yeah, it it's just so tough for me cuz both these teams like I said are just trending so hard downward in the wrong I direction. I don't think Florida matches up against any team well this year other than talent-wise. If you look at their talent and who how they've recruited, sure, they'll beat some of the cupcakes on their schedule and they'll beat Vanderbilt. But if you look at You already said cupcakes on their schedule. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But everything else, just if they don't have a – they're not good at any one thing. You know, last no. couple of years they've been able to – okay, they could rush the they could rush the quarterback, or last year they were super good against the run, and they had great corners. But this year they're not – nothing that they do this year, nothing that I think they can do this year wows me. Yeah. Antonio Callaway would be the guy that wows me, and he's on the sideline. He's not even on the sideline. He's suspended. Yeah. So I, I I'm going uh, I'm going twenty eight. I'll go twenty eight fourteen. I like it, I like it. Yeah, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go twenty one seventeen. Push. Right. I don't know who it's gonna be, but it's gonna be twenty one seventeen. It's tough. Uh, I'll, I'll go with Tennessee really either team. for the sake of an argument. Yeah, exactly. But I'll go Tennessee twenty one seventeen. Um, and then Tennessee's gonna think they're gonna win the SEC East, and it's gonna be hilarious. Um, all right, Rick. Anything else you want to go over? Um, no, I want. I want to. I want to. Uh, I want to express my supreme. Um, um, I guess happiness. Is, well, happiness is is a word that I can use. Uh, relief. Relief. I'd like to ex- that that Hurricane Irma didn't turn out to be more than it was. Yes. Um, it could have been a lot worse for a lot of different areas. The early reports of it being the next Hurricane Andrew and all that are. Uh, and this is kind of kind of go into my. Um, sound off by the way are or that it could be the next hurricane andrew and um it, it just ended up not it took the perfect path to kind of knock it down quickly it hit some areas hard and some places will will have to uh to do some work but it could have what it could have been versus what it was is two worlds apart with that said just because it was predicted at the beginning to be one of the worst hurricanes we've ever seen doesn't mean that the you know our the the, the meteorologists and the experts did a bad job yeah you know, they worked, oh my gosh, more hours than anybody at any job worked this week, trying to keep people safe, cutting into games. You know, I'm sorry last Saturday, but they were cutting into college football games everywhere. And and they do that to keep people informed, to keep people safe. Yeah, I know that you're trying to watch the Penn State game, 
But there are people with family in South Florida that are very worried and very sad and very, you know, Upset. Uh, scared. Yeah. And that's why they sure. do it. So, sure. no, and so, uh, you know, it's just with the storm, you can never be too cautious. You try to keep people informed. They try not to overhype it, but the models are the models, and the models come from so many different things and so many different tests. So I'm very relieved. I have family in South Florida that uh, that did not evacuate, and so uh, they were, you know, being you know, South Floridians. They're being typical Brickmans, I guess I should say. And uh, so, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad it. Uh, I'm glad it was kind of what it was. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you there. I agree with you there. Uh, is that your sound off? Yeah, that that can work as my sound off. I'm gonna. I'm not really too upset about it, but I am gonna go off on ESPN again a little bit. Um, suspending Linda Cohn. I don't want to even get into the Jamel Hill crap. I think it's so stupid that it's even brought up. She's free to say whatever she wants, honestly. And yeah, it's a little harsh. And yeah, I think if it were anybody else, ESPN would probably have suspended them, but they didn't because it was Jamel Hill. And take from that what you will. But I think that she and her show are protected more than any other ESPN. Yeah, anchors. background. She essentially tweeted that uh, she tweeted that Donald Trump was a white supremacist. You know, of course, that makes half the world angry and half the world cheer. Um, yeah, but so yeah, anyway, to Linda Cohn though. Linda Cohn got suspended by ESPN for criticizing how they, you know, how the channel's gone downhill for saying that, um, you know, it was a mistake buying things like the Pac-12 network and the SEC network, saying that they were losing subscribers to places like Netflix. She got suspended. The president of ESPN called her and told her not to come into work because she spoke her mind about her company. And she did it in April, right? We've got someone who's criticizing the president and nothing's happening. We've got someone who's criticizing their own company and they're getting just blasted. And yeah, it was a while ago. I don't know why it's coming up now, but I just, I don't understand why it's happening. Like, I, I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. And I hate it because I love Linda Cohn. She's one of the few ESP, you know, we break you, you and I are probably the same way. I've got that handful of ESPN people that I hold dear to my heart because I remember them, you know, as yeah, the Linda gods, Cohn, Davis, they were the first, uh, they laid Dan down Patrick, the, fanda- the foundation. Yeah. Dan Patrick, Scott Van Pelt, even. You know, Stuart Scott may rest in peace. Those are the few that I really think and hold highly in my mind. And it's just so frustrating and upsetting for me to hear and see this stuff about Linda Cohn. It's just disgusting. So ESPN that wasn't obvious. Honestly, it was none of it was shocking. It was just it's what you said. You know, yeah, they didn't they didn't expect they they kind of alienated some of their uh, some of their old timey kind not old timey. um, What did she call them? Um, Original kind of fans. She's alienated, yeah. you know, and yeah, yeah, she didn't say anything outlandish. No, no, not at all. She didn't say my president of the company is an idiot. She said, yeah, yep. the company didn't foresee these things, and, and this is this is kind of where we are right now. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. So that's, once again, ESPN, get your crap together, because I'm, I'm sick of it, and that's that's where I'll leave my sound off there. Brick, that's a pretty quick episode, buddy. That's a 42-minute, 42-and-a-half-minute episode. Uh, like people, it. if you want to, if you want to get in touch with us, you can go to Facebook. That's Pat's Interference, P A T apostrophe S Interference. On Twitter, we're P I underscore Podcast. You can go to our website. Check out all those fancy new highlights we got. You know, we're looking like adults. We're looking like we got a put together website and everything. Pat's Interference dot com. Go listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, whatever you want. Uh, Google Play. But leave us that iTunes review because that's where a lot of that business comes from. You know, we got to prove to iTunes, got to prove to Apple that we belong. 
that we're a podcast worthy of you guys listening to. And the more reviews we get, the better we look and we can climb up the charts and really grow our podcast, which is our main goal. Brick and I have always wanted to do this. We can't thank you enough. Uh, be looking out next week. We'll do the same thing. Got one Bama episode for you, one national episode for you. We'll just keep rolling right on through the season. Thank you so much for listening. And Brick, as always, roll tide.